0: Try again. Good morning. Um, if you're a born again Anglican or uh, someone from traditional, traditional denominations, what, what day is it today? It's Palm Sunday. Have, w- have we got the crosses? We usually give them at the end. Sh- can we give them out now? Logistical nightmare. Alert, alert malfunction. It's Palm Sunday, uh, which is fantastic. You'll know the story, no doubt, where where Jesus' triumphant uh, ride into Jerusalem, and people get their palm branches and uh, are waving them to celebrate, yeah? And we sort of are leading to Easter, um, this Holy Week, as some would we call it. but this, this morning, as, as folks give stuff out, I'm going to do a sort of synopsis of our passion series, yeah? And um, I'm hoping, folks, that um, it's had an impact on you in one way or another, and um, I'm hoping that, uh, that what's been sown and uh, been brought out in people's lives will flow out even beyond these, these next few weeks. Okay. So... I've got an anchor scripture for us this morning. And um, I'm hoping it, it will sort of give a summary of maybe what some of us have experienced over these uh, last few weeks in our series. And the, the scripture is 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. should be come to the screen. And it says that God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love. Power and a sound mind. I'll say that again. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. And over these last few weeks, I've observed that we we have spoken about these, I want to call them passion engines, in our various talks from our different speakers over the, the last few weeks. And we have explored forms of fear. The work of the Holy Spirit, our own spirits and the nature of our inner man, the love for God and the compassion for the lost and needy, power in and beyond the natural realms and a sound mind or truth or the renewed mind. And as I said, Palm Sunday marks the triumphant entry into Jerusalem with the crowds celebrating and waving their palms in honor of him. But in marked contrast to this, in a matter of days, we see uh, a much different scene. A tomb or a cave containing the dead, broken body of Jesus, our God, our Lord and Savior. And I reflected on this this morning... In addition to this tomb, uh, I believe the Lord's led me to two other biblical uh, caves that will help us reflect on what's happened over these last few weeks. Caves where at one point or another, one or more of these passion engines have led us or led the occupants to transformation. And this question, and a question to all of us as to whether this series, this passion series, has been a cave of transformation for us, and if not, how by the end of this time it can be. So, what are the caves? I've led to the, the cave of Adullam, uh, the cave of Elijah, and the cave of resurrection. Cave of Adullam, cave of Elijah, and the cave of resurrection. Where strong passions were motivating each of the biblical occupants. To retreat to these caves. And so this morning, we need to reflect on what is, what has been and what is the wind in your passion sails? What are the fuels in your passion engines before, now and after this series? What is and has been energizing your journey? Has it changed over these last few weeks? Have you been challenged over these last few weeks? Yeah? So let's hover around 2 Timothy 1 scripture a bit to help us in in the recap. And be a springboard for the next steps beyond. And let's start with the big one. For some, fear. And we've heard for some that their passion is regrettably fear driven. Negativity from the trials of life. And even last week, do you remember, I believe the Lord wanted to challenge the notion that some of us have felt that the Lord has passed them by. Yes, remember we sang the song, Pass Me Not Our Gentle Saviour, yeah? And I know for some of you who came up to me afterwards and says, that was, that was for me. I felt that the Lord has passed us by, yeah? Because of the challenges of our life circumstances, or the lenses in which we view life, not that they're not passionless, but those passions are misplaced, Yeah? into into negativity about who we are, what we feel about ourselves. And in the cave of Adullam, it was described as a refuge for those in fear, those who were in distress or in debt or discontented. And I know that's been some of us, even last week. And that's where a lot of your passion and your energy has been. Has it changed in this series? The cave of Adullam was also a refuge refuge for the yet-to-be King David, who was in fear of his own life, because King Saul perceived him as a a usurper, a threat to his kingdom, in that he was celebrated by the the crowds of Israel for his great exploits in battle. And in fact, the Lord had recognized him as the next anointed king. Now, I'm sure you haven't got someone after you in terms of Seeking to take your life from you, but maybe you are living in fear of your own life. Maybe fear that you'll come to nothing. That your fear of sickness has this season changed that feeling, that sense of inadequacy, that sense of loss, that sense of your life coming to an end in one way or another? We heard in one of Will's preaches how some of us challenge those passions to numb or nullify inward deficiencies, which may be manifesting us trying to satisfy them carnally, whether it's worldly achievements, relationships, even as simple as Facebook likes, all of which not representing or relating to the abundant life that Jesus says is ours by right as children of God, as co-heirs of Christ. And like David, who at that time was in fear of his life, we come to another uh, biblical character who was, who was fleeing. And that was uh, a great, a great Bible character who was fleeing from the wicked queen Jezebel, the Old Testament prophet Elijah. And we know Elijah very well, particularly in Second Kings 19 in despair, distressed, disillusioned, sitting in a cave, feeling all alone, with no strength, no might, just ready to give up, even to the point of life. Has that been you over these last few weeks? Is it you now? Or have you changed as a consequence of what you've heard over this series? But Elijah, of course, he wasn't alone because God had even told him that there were 7,000 others unbeknown to Elijah who were also serving God and not bowing the knee to the false god Baal. And how much of our sense of loneliness, powerlessness, passions are motivated, motivated by ignorance of what we think is around us or not around us? unbeknown that we are part of a big earthly and heavenly family who is willing us on to win. Elijah was a complex character, a mixture of passions. And although in distress and fear, he was oblivious to the spiritual might to meet the natural might of Queen Jezebel. And we can learn so much about that for our own everyday situations. When, when Roy Masters preached, he encouraged us, didn't he, like superheroes to discover our supernatural gifts that we have access to as a right as children of God. Because we are co-heirs with Christ. With the power to even stretch the natural laws in accordance with the higher laws of the word of God. Miracles. Folks, and I believe God is still in the business of working miracles, whether that's healings, deliverance, provision, revelation, salvation. Do you believe this stuff, folks? Have you seen any miracles over the last few weeks? Recently, as a consequence of what you've heard, have you even exercised the power of God in your everyday And Elijah was certainly in the business of miracles. You remember in your scriptures, the great showdown at Mount Carmel, where he called down fire from heaven to disprove the false god, Baal. But in chapter, the next chapter, he's sitting in a cave, internally powerless, overwhelmed by his negative passions, And it says in the the, the scripture, the Lord said to him, Elijah, what are you doing here? And I don't believe it was just about Elijah being in the wilderness or in the cave. I think it was about his mentality. His displaced passion, his his depression, his dejection and his fear. And his reply to the Lord was, well, Lord, I've been very zealous for you. The Israelites have rejected your covenant. They've torn down your altars. They've put your prophets to death with the sword. And I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. I can just imagine the Lord saying, "Hmm. Hmm." Elijah, the Lord's response was, go out and stand on the mountain. Because I'm about to pass by. And the scripture says, a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was a great earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a great fire. But the Lord was not in the In the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper, a still small voice. And when Elijah heard the still small voice, he pulled his cloak over his face and went and stood at the mouth of the cave because that was the Lord. And it's fascinating and it's really key for us to get this this morning that when the Lord spoke, And particularly, you think about when he spoke to the prophet Zerubbabel, he said, folks, and to that prophet, it really isn't about might or even power, but it's my spirit is a significant thing. And Elijah was taught this lesson in and around the cave, that although God's power was still available, seeing the remarkable scene of God manifesting, not through wind, earthquake, and fire, although it was there, which is cool and awesome, and say, Lord, bring on those signs and wonders. Fantastic. But it was only in the still, small voice. It was like God was saying, it is the intimacy, the relationship with him, by his spirit, which is actually the source of power, the source of might, the medium which dispels fear, and is where, Where our passions should be channeled. And it is by his spirit that God channels his passion through us. The word says that his spirit speaks to our spirit. Confirming that we are his children. Allowing our groanings. mm, Those inward feelings. Those words we can't speak. To become heavenly articulations that bypass our struggling minds. Thank God for those groanings. Yeah? Spirit to spirit. A few weeks ago, folks, if you remember, we had our, I want to say, corporate encounters with the Holy Spirit. Although the Holy Spirit is here, but they seem to to. I'm going to use the word manifest in a, in a way which perhaps we haven't seen for, for, for a few, few months, maybe longer than that. Remember when Gerard Cooper came? And even our Holy Spirit away day. And we did see lots of heavenly groanings. Uncomfortable for a lot of us thinking, what on earth is going on? Yeah? But they were being released. And it was the power of God manifesting in a number of ways and um, he steps from the pulpit people start getting nervous have we got, have we got any, any very quick testimonies of the power of God working in people's lives over this last few weeks Becca wonderful no laughing other thing, folks, more roving. Yep. Okay, great. Go on.
1: Um, <coughs> so before the spirit away day, um, I had allergies, so I had gluten intolerance and dairy intolerance, and I'm not going to tell you the consequences if I did eat that stuff. Um, <laughs> but um, after th- I got prayed for it, and I didn't even intend like it wasn't really something I went up for prayer for, because I just thought oh I've just got to live with it, you know. Um, but then they prayed for it, and since then I've just been able to eat everything, even prawns, which I was allergic to too, and like my hay fever's not been bad or anything. So yeah, God's healed me of my allergies, so it's good.
0: Well, praise the Lord for that one. Has anyone else at all fell?
1: Thank you. The Lord is telling me not to be afraid of anything. If God is in your life, don't let anyone or anything come against it. Don't be afraid to praise God because God wants you to praise him. He wants you to love him through your praises. Please, I'm going to be rude now. I want to praise God. I want to lift my hands and praise God. I don't want to put my hands in my pockets. So if you see me praising God, don't think I'm weird. Because I feel the love of God. Since this this lesson, I feel released. I am not afraid anymore of what anybody say about me. And I thank God because I am released. I feel energized. And I thank God. <laughs> Thank
0: you. Thanks, well. <laughs> Wonderful. Anyone else? Thank you. Tell folks your name. And then Tula. Tula. Yeah.
2: Uh, about six weeks ago, someone at work noticed a growth on my neck. Um, I d- I've been having neck pain and uh, discomfort, you know, things like that. But I didn't think anything of it. I just thought my body was tired because I was working hard. I went to the doctors and, well, I went home and looked at it and saw the growth. I would not noticed it. And then I asked my son to look at my neck. It wasn't very visible to my face because my neck is chunky anyway. But when you looked at it sideways, it looked quite big. I got really scared then, thinking all sorts of things, cancer, all sorts (laughs) goiter. And I really hate goiters. I mean, I don't like any sickness, but goiters really, yeah. So I went to the doctors, had some blood done, and then I came to church and, you prayed for me, injury, And then the the pain stopped, you know, that night when I went home that Sunday. So I didn't have any pain because I couldn't sleep. I couldn't get comfortable. It was really uncomfortable to sleep. Sleeping was the worst bit because sitting up was fine. But when I laid down, my neck was really painful. Um, so I started meditating on the word and I kept spea- speaking scriptures to myself. I believed in healing. I've been healed of many other things. and But the fear this time was really potent. I don't know, for some reason, it was like, visible. All the other issues I've ever had have never been <laughs> visible. So, you know, when you see something, to me anyway, it's, it's more, I don't know, it's, it's it was harder for me to deal with because I could see it every day. So it was difficult to deal with. If, if it was hidden, if it was something that I couldn't see, maybe I could find it easier to believe God for healing But because I saw it daily. Um, but the pain gradually went off. Immediately after you prayed for me, the pain stopped. I went to the doctors at bloods done and then they said that my thyroxine levels were low whatever gave me tablets but the neck my neck is almost back to normal now there's still a bit there but i'm healed praise god okay
0: <laughs> hallelujah okay okay i'll come to you guys in a sec this is good stuff thank you lord
3: hello um I've, I've, well, I said to myself today, if I got the opportunity to hold the mic, I would share mm-hmm. a testimony. But <laughs> so I'll start with that. It was um, my two daughters' birthday on the sixth of April, um, and when Tandy was born, she's hiding now. Sorry, <laughs> Tandy. <laughs> Tandy was born on a Good Friday, um, on the sixth of April in two thousand and seven. Nala was also born on the sixth of April, but Tandy was early. Um, she was uh, two months early, and when she was born, um, I, I was being told that um, I- during the pregnancy that she, she she might not be a normal baby, that there might be some chromosomal issues. Can we do some tests? And I remember at the time just clinging on and just saying, you know, God, I'm going to trust in you because there's nothing else that you know I can I can I can do. I can't change anything, and these people who know who are the experts telling me that there's a problem with this child um, and um, it was it was I had to go for everyday checks just to monitor her growth because was really small um, on the day that she was born they had to do an emergency c-section because they said her heartbeat was was just going down um, and they had to move me, I think I was at the manor but they had to move me because they needed an ICU bed for her um, she was born 970 grams. I, d- I don't do stones or I wish I'd brought her little outfit. She, like her dolls can't fit into the outfit that she was wearing when she was born. And at that point, I was being told that she's going to have potentially high risk of long-term um, I- I conditions and this, that, the other. Tandy is bigger than the kids in her class right now. She has no health problems whatsoever. She, you know, and I, I just I just want to thank God for that because y- he's been saying to me every day that, you know, sometimes you look for, you look for miracles because you want the earthquake, the wind, and the fire. And I look at her every day. And every time I see her, I remember what the doctors were telling me that, y- you know what? She might not make it, but she might be a fighter. Mm-hmm. And this girl here is a fighter. And I tell her every day that God has a purpose upon her life. So Q2, I think. We took a long time to have a second child because uh, the fear of what had happened with the first one. And I remember when I was pregnant with Nala and w- uh, I twi- uh, think around 20, w- 20 weeks mark, the doctors again are telling me she's not growing. But at that point, I, you know what, I put my, 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 my feet down, I was like, no, God, uh, Rob remembers this because we prayed. And I, I spoke to, I said, t- this is not happening and my 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 my, te- my my what i declared to the lord was i'm not having, i'm not being cut open again to have another child i am going to deliver normally and i was being told you're high risk so y- you know what we have to prep you even on the day they were prepping me to do a c section nala grew her weight picked up so quickly in the 2 weeks they said to me we're giving you 2 weeks mm. when you come in next time on, this on after those 2 weeks and she hasn't grown we're taking her out we're doing a c section she grew to the point where the doctors were amazed. They're like, how did this happen? How does a child who's that small gain so much weight within two weeks? We don't know what you've been eating, but gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and immediately, they took me off the high risk. And Nala is here as well. Who I think when she was born, she was, she, was, she was wrapped around the umbilical cord. And they would just get it. you know how they get all medical. And, but she's here. And I remember you prayed for her and Penny as well. And I remember, I, and I know I haven't, I haven't shared this because I think as a mom, I've probably been like, "Oh, okay, let's really see if it's really, it's really the case." The very day we got home, she went into the fridge, and she pointed for a tub of yogurt. She's got dairy allergies, and she's known that ever since. And she went, and she said, "I want that one." And she sat down. I said, "I," my initial instinct was, "No, you can't have that." And I said, mm, "Okay, I'm not going to say that." Are you sure? She said yes. I gave her the tub of yogurt with the spoon. She ate it. Walked away. Right. She's been having what's it? I mean, she can't have cheese. I mean, anything dairy She should just completely flare out. She's been having those. Yeah. The other day, she's like, "I want pizza. I want pizza." <laughs> and you know, so God has really been working. And since the away, I'm uh, sorry to take up time, but since the I need to release this since the away day. Um, I've changed. God's been changing me. He's been doing the work in me. Um, and I have to be honest, before my prayers were food, if I remembered, to pray over my food and, you know, general concerns around my own personal life, uh, and then afterwards I could pray for others. I can't bring myself now to be in God's presence to pray for my own needs, and he's using me to just intercede on behalf of other people, Some some people I don't even know but it's coming from that position of just being open and opening yourself up. So and I'm laughing on tap as well. So. <laughs> Amen.
0: <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> wow, I remember pray for Nala cuz allergies. I didn't know that. So that that's 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 if I was a crying person. I'm close to it. That's just really blessed me. Hazel, what wha- what you got? Um, some
1: time ago, I was uh, uh, told I was ha- had a heart problem. Anyway, I, w- I went to the doctors recently for something else, mm-hmm. and they said that it's not as bad as they thought.
0: Okay, is that a consequence of folks praying for you? Uh, probably, I Probably. Well I believe it is, yeah? Okay, yeah. praise the Lord. Wonderful. <laughs> okay, I'll, c- I'll come back. What? Pi- Lots of testimonies folks lots of testimonies this this stuff folks is real yeah. right and now we can come to church and we can hear great bible stories and some of them we, we compartmentalize in our head as being stories but this is real life yeah and the power of god is still available and accessible for us folks. believe you me. Hallelujah. Now, hear me. we do need a passion for the power of God. This needs to be everyday currency for us, yeah? Not just special series or, or, uh, or campaigns. It's, it's got to be like every day, right? Where we're not even um, surprised by the fact that if we pray for someone to be well that they become well, because we have a confidence in the gospel, in the power of God, yeah? This should be every day, every day. What's the name of the book we're reading? Every Day Supernatural, yes, right? And we need to exercise those uh, faith muscles. Now, we shouldn't make convenient excuses not to use it. But it's interesting in in our biblical example that after God had showed his power, even throughout Elijah's life, before even the uh, wind, earthquake, and fire, Elijah was a powerful prophet, right? Absolutely powerful. And why was he then afraid amidst Jezebel's threats? Very interesting. And even though he had the power of God to, to hand it still clearly wasn't sufficient to energize him away from his fear, right? And as we all know, or should know, if God is for us, who can be against us? But it, it seemingly, this had missed Elijah, he had forgotten this. And before we even judge Elijah, we've all been in this boat one time or another, where we've even cried out to God, Don't you care that we're perishing? How can you lie asleep? I'm lying in fear and despair. Or I'm discontent. This inward insufficiency, manifesting as negative passions, tells us something that it's first about the intimacy with God himself and not necessarily the trappings Of the relationship with him. I.e. not just about provision. Providing for my needs. Not just about power and might. To get me through the situation I'm in. Or even the good feelings. Because some of us. Have our sense of well being. About how we feel today. Sun's out. why it's wonderful. It's tipping down with rain. I feel miserable. Or success. Or the absence of strife. It's an intimacy, a connectivity that is only derived by spirit to spirit. His spirit and our renewed spirit connecting with each other. When we made that first step to accept God's free gift, and folks, this is the truth bit. It is the truth that we need to contend for that releases the sound mind. And particularly when the lies of the enemy or the ignorance about the supernatural life present themselves, we have the truth that reorders realities in line with the truth, which is the word of God, and releases peace, releases the sound mind. Now, some of us have been in Reading over the last two or three days, and we have spoken the very simple gospel truth, to perfect strangers on the streets. And in a matter of hours, I know I'm certainly from just our group alone, over 20 people have come to know the Lord Jesus as Lord and Savior. Right? I'm being serious. So, Rach... Myself, Chidi, Penny, and Wally went to Reading because you know what we're doing as a, as a precursor to um, a great event that's coming up in May, June. What's happening? The Turning. It is an evangelistic campaign that's been inspired by the Lord, been brought to Warsaw, but it was seeded in the town of Reading. And uh, it's ver- very interesting. I've got. To, I keep saying the word interesting, but it is. It is interesting. So um, we all go uh, from from Wednesday to um, to Saturday. Most of us, and um, these guys are imparting to us what the Lord has been. Sp- oh, huh. is that right? Who's that? Is that Mons? Oh, was Bill. Come on wake up Bill. It is, is interested. Where was I? I was in Reading. Yes. And uh, this small Baptist church. I mean when we got there I was expecting to see mega church, fantastic auditorium, super sound, brilliant musicians, this not and and the other. We came to some rickety old Baptist church, which was probably this size. That's it, right? That's all. But these people have received something from God and have had a confidence in the gospel, right? And so we're going for this training thinking We have a big, long Bible study and specific training. We had probably an hour or so of what they call soaking, where you're, you're worshiping the Lord. Waiting on the Holy Spirit, pray for each other, and then, right, you're out on the street. Go and share the gospel. And they got a very specific script, which they asked us to stick to, and we we were very honoring of it. But basically, the script says, um, God God loves you and has a plan for you. And you wait for the response. Now, some of them, because we went out in twos and threes, right? I don't think anyone said get lost. But we had words to the effect of that in some cases, right? But that was the opening for people to receive Jesus, right? And I was, I was there Thursday and Friday, and I prayed for quite a few people, but I saw five people come to, the, to faith just in the space of, cumulatively, probably a couple of hours, right? Now, folks, I, I've done street work before, but it's been a long time since I've... I've done it. I've got to say, and I, w- I, w- I was, I was, i say scared. Fear was there, the fear of rejection, that someone was going to think I was a JW, Jehovah's Witness, or, or 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 selling I- insurance, or trying to get the money out of them, right? But you straight into it. But folks, I tell you, uh, Jacob, Roger, Gareth. Tracy, and there were a few others, all were, were, were ready to receive. And I'm not saying the Lord couldn't have used anyone else, right? But that was the appointed moment. And if uh, we, I hadn't and we hadn't stepped in that particular moment, they would not have experienced the power of God, setting them free to salvation, right? And that's just us from Warsaw in a space of a few hours, and what, one of the things I did learn from this, from, we all learned, is, you know, we've been a great church for social action, food banks, the vine school, this, and that, and the other, where in some respects we feel we have to try and earn the right to share the gospel, right? But we were reminded that we haven't got to work, butter people up. Our com- the commandment the Lord gave us was to go and preach the gospel, right? And that was it. And that's exactly what we did. Now, I'm, I'm going to pick on, Wally's not here. Let's pick on Sister Chidi. I don't know. Can you think of, give me one example. Because I know there were quite a few. Because you're in Reading. Okay.
4: Just one. Yes. Just okay. Uh met a young lady, um, probably in her early 20s. And uh, she wa- she um, had her earphones plugged on, probably listening to music. And um, I just smiled at her, went to her, had, you know, just said hello, introduced myself, and she just quickly, you know, took off the earplugs, and she she actually engaged, you know, with me all through, you know, she had no problems believing, you know, just, you know, told her everything, went through the scripts, you know, quoted scriptures, she was, you know, very willing, and, you know, she actually prayed the prayer with me, and, you know, received Jesus into her life. And um, after that, she turned around and she said to me, what if I was to tell you that I'm gay? So, I said to her, well, Jesus loves you. You've just accepted him into your life. Now, the scripture says that, you know, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And, um, So, I advised her to allow the Holy Spirit in her new life to teach her, to guide her, and to show her what is right and wrong. I wasn't judgmental. I didn't condemn her. But she was very, very, you know, open, willing, received Jesus, gave me her details, and was very, very happy to be contacted. Praise God.
0: Wonderful. Now, uh, Penny, if you got...
5: I met um, a lady, I would say in her 30s, she was sitting on a wall at a bus stop and I told her that I'd got two things quickly to tell her and that was that Jesus loved her and that he had an awesome plan for her life and she was very excited about that. And then I had to go on, well, quickly going to ask you a question now, if you died today, are you absolutely certain that you'll go to heaven? And she said, well, I'm a Catholic, and I go to confession, and I go to confession even if I can't think of anything that I've done wrong. So she felt she was covering it, but that was that—that um, w- that was where she was. She wasn't saying she was going to heaven. So I carried on with scriptures and carried through to... Um, the prayer to receive Christ. And we did, uh, we did say, we did pray for her in that. We prayed a blessing over her life. And we said, can we, can we pray for you? And she said, I've, I've got epilepsy, but I'm going to hold on to that because I'd rather have it than anyone else have it. And we told her that, that Christ died for her, not only for her salvation, but also to heal her. She still refused uh, she wouldn't have that. She wouldn't w- release that, but she gave me all her details, and someone's going to c- contact her from the church.
0: Uh, and Penny, it's fair to say you 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 were slightly uncomfortable doing doing it initially? Is that is that is that fair to say?
5: I was shaking. I was shaking. I hadn't got time to go through the script, and we were reading the script. And we were told to put it by our side to start with, so that we would we would ask the we would tell them that our name and ask them their name, and and everyone was really happy to stop. I think there was only one person that went by that didn't stop. But when when I said my name and smiled, and asked them for their name, they were happy to do that, and obviously very happy to receive the um, the the two good things, that God loved them, etc. Um, but I was, I was shaking. And I just, <laughs> I just had to step out. I just had to do that initial um, greeting. But I was shaking, yeah.
0: Not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Thank you, Penny. And folks, the scripture says, the fields are white unto harvest, but the laborers are few, and we're only a few people, and in that in that, 48 hours plus, we saw people come to Jesus, right, now, some of us will think, well, did they really s- um, say the Nicene Creed, and this and that and the other, right, folks, the first step is to believe in their hearts, and declare Jesus is Lord, yeah, the next bit, of course, is the follow-up, right, and that's the bit which the, the Reading folks have been teaching us about, about what you do next, yeah? But the, all of us here, and this is the, the, the teaching that we got, it ain't about the special evangelists with the, the great anointing and say, and hundreds come to the front and give their hearts to Jesus. It's about every single born-again believer, the priesthood of all believers, doing the work of the evangelist and sharing their faith. Not just because you're going to get a tick box or you feel it's a duty, because the gospel is the power of God to salvation. And for, 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 for Jacob and, and Roger and all the folks that we spoke to, it was life and essential to them, right? And you receive that today, my friends, because we're going to get that chance, even today, I hope, in our own individual circumstances, but certainly corporately as the body of Christ across Warsaw. When we go out into our town and preach the gospel, It works. It does work, folks. Okay. It's a free gift. As I said, that we can all impart. And we don't have to earn the right to share it. We just share it. Introducing people to our Father who loves us, passionately loves us, and wants us to love him. And not just love him for what he can give us, Not the might or the power, but spirit to spirit, a oneness with him. And this love that he freely gives. And love which was a passion that led him to a cave that held temporarily his broken, dead body. A passion fueled by love which saw him become our sin. My sin, your sin. The vilest offender. Entire sin of human civilization. Past, present and future. Put upon his body. A passion which should inspire a love in our own hearts. For God, yes. But also for the lost. As we've heard in Reading. For the needy. That love which we get from God is then imputed to others. Where we can throw parties for the prostitute or the person that confesses that I'm, I'm, I'm wicked and terrible. No one can love me. right? This is the love of God. Where the distressed, the indebted, and the discontented. Like in the cave of Adullam, they found their commander, David. Elijah found the still, small voice. And Jesus, who's no longer in the the cave, led his bride, led the captives into eternal life, into his kingdom. And particularly at this Easter season, it's fitting, folks, for us to try and renew those passions, the love of God. The one-to-one with him. And all these things will flow, not by power, not by might, but by his spirit. Let's just bow our heads. Folks, it's been a fantastic season. I really do believe it. But people are starting to test. The, the truth of the word of God. What it means to be in Christ. Not just holy people who live a good life. But there is something about what it means to be co-heirs with Christ. To do the greater things, he says, that we can do. Where we say, Lord, we want people to be healed. Thank you for your healing power. And then... Pray for people to be healed, for people who are feeling desperate about themselves, like Elijah in the cave. Not even impressed with the power or the might, but needing something to touch their inner man, spirit to spirit. And I say, Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence. Thank you for working amongst all of us over these last few weeks. And we say we want more. We want more, more, more of you. Draw us closer to yourself. Let us be a vessel that is overflowing and will pour out to all those around us. That we don't have any confidence in our righteousness or our abilities or the things we do or the things that we don't do. But we have a confidence in your truth. That the gospel is the power of God to salvation and I pray over every single person here now the enemy will not snatch away the seed of of truth that's been in people's lives here today and that people will start exercising faith and taking authority over the situations in their lives now that is preventing them being the people of God that they can be we don't have to beg you anymore we don't have to beg a God that allowed sin to be put upon himself he did it all he gave it all and we're just going to receive it so I bless you as the guys come and help us lead us in worship we're just going to take this moment just to say thank you thank you Lord for what you've done what you're doing for your increase, for the testimonies of people being released, people coming to know you, and for, Lord, our anticipation of the many, 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 many souls that will come into the kingdom of God as a consequence of our obedience and sharing the good news. Yes? So let's stand to our feet. You've got your crosses in your hand. Whether you're waving your hands or waving your your crosses, like a triumphant crowd worshiping and celebrating Jesus' entry into Jerusalem so many thousands of years ago, let's just have a a time of thanks. As the guys lead us, rise in the sky.
5: Okay.